0: the theme for the afternoon talk is uh, uh, intention, mindfulness and uh, happiness in this uh, Catholic Uh, discourse of the Buddha of Mindfulness, of uh, uh, breathing, there is an exploration of the human experience and this field of uh, uh, exploration addresses the primary aspects of what it is to be human. We begin, uh, as we saw yesterday and uh, with regard uh, uh, to today, of the uh, experience of the body, a clear, honest, uh, directing of the mindfulness to the body, to the experience of the uh, uh, of the body, and therefore there is a closeness and an intimacy with, rather than a detachment or being cut off from, and that uh, connection. Uh, uh, with the body encourages as we see with the text the full experience uh, of the whole body the mindfulness of breathing being a contribution uh, to that but there's also with mindfulness as well and a really important aspect to remember that mindfulness doesn't exist in a vacuum. The quality of mindfulness, the presence of mindfulness uh, in its appearance, in its manifestation, uh, requires other conditions for it to arise. One of the important uh, supports for uh, <coughs> mindfulness there is uh, intention. and. So the mindfulness arises, there is uh, some uh, intention that goes along with it. That intention we also wish to be mindful or clear about. The intention to be with the breath, the intention to be with the bodily uh, uh, experience. And in a training of the human being to really devolve, evolve and develop as a, a person, The full consideration to life is required. And therefore I say there is the mindfulness and there is the expression of the intention. But it's not just intention, obviously, which will give support to the mindfulness. Another contribution to it is interest. And where we have a curiosity, where there is an exploration of what's going on here, what can I see more uh, clearly their quality of uh, interest acts as an extra spark uh, there and a lot of tiredness in life boredom in life resistance uh, in life is because the initial intention has been forgotten the habit has replaced that intention and with that there is a loss of interest and then there's the monotony of it and so a person uh, and you may possibly need to look at this in uh, your daily life circumstances as well as meditation one may have started off with clear intentions so a person as an example comes on the retreat, takes up, so to speak, the role of the meditator and perhaps the person initially, as it happens regularly, a lot of suffering and distress and unhappiness and anxieties and worries and then finds, as the period of time goes by, all being well with good exploration of life and good teachings and support, That happiness, that suffering, that anxiety and worry begins to go down. So the original purpose is now changed. The original purpose was to reduce the suffering and that purpose gave support to the meditation, to the courses, to the retreat, to yourself. Now the situation is a new one. One is not suffering and if the purpose uh, it's not necessary and then the purpose goes one will then start with why am I meditating, I'm not suffering why am I meditating, I'm not stressed out or uh, why am I meditating And I'm not thinking about when I can escape from this place or, or whatever the same applies with work the same applies with a relationship the same applies with being with children with a creative project or whatever. A human being to keep in touch with herself or himself is not, as I mentioned, not only to be mindful of whatever that might be about, but really clear, purpose and intention has to evolve. I cannot rely on the old intention to sustain me through. And if we do, the old intention it's the second link amongst the Buddhists, amongst you here, the second link in the Eightfold Path. The old intention may not have the relevance. So then I may have to dig more deeply inside of myself if I want to be a conscious human being, if I want to be in touch, and say, okay, what is the fresh intention? What is a new way to look at this? What are new values which I require? Because the old is no longer working, it's exhausted, it's like strawberries, it's uh, shelf life and we can't rely on the old to be supportive for the mindfulness and for the uh, interest and what makes that important is when clear ethical purpose is there with mindfulness you know creative approach an interested approach a connected uh, uh, approach and therefore there's the mindfulness there's the intention there's the concentration on the particular there with the ethics when that is in a flow happiness has to be the outcome there has to be happiness if if there's no happiness in it Somewhere between the ethics, the intention, the mindfulness, and the concentration, something is not in harmony. Something somewhere is not in harmony. And this experience for the human being of uh, happiness is a really uh, important one. And the uh, uh, the discourse, and in the beginning. Uh, Uh, of today with the instructions from Nicole with you but is recognising this relationship of mindfulness uh, concentration and the connection with the feeling life the heart life in this case the the, uh, the happiness and for all the talk in the the Buddhist world and tradition of uh, Dukkha 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 uh, 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 that goes uh, on dukkha, suffering, unsatisfactoriness you know, the whole nightmare but also there's as much reference this is sometimes forgotten by some of those miserable monks uh, sometimes it's forgotten that there is as much reference to the opposite, sukha and the analogy of the meaning of the word which of course had been clear and obvious uh, uh, then do is the unsatisfactory the problematic, the difficult and ka uh, ref- refers to the wheel and like chakra here, to those of you know etc. and so dukkha is when it's moving to the extremes and it's generating a problem so, with, with the wheel of this, those days, the wheel of the chariot, or the wheel of the bicycle, or whatever uh, it might be. If the wheel is too tight, if it, there's going to be a problem because the wheel can't turn. So, human being, we have to ask ourselves are we too tight? One can be tight through being controlling. Tight through demanding things should be the way we want them to be. We can be tight with money, tight with giving time or sharing with others, whatever, so it generates a problem, a tightness, and this is the Dukkha. And the other extreme, if the wheel obviously is too loose. And in that looseness is our mind, our life, kind of drifting and wandering around and spaced out and daydreaming and fantasising and all over the place. The wheel is too loose. So Sukha, Su means happiness, here, yeah, is when there is a sense in life, which can be found in life, of a rhythm to life when we feel in harmony. Not tight, controlling, not loose and daydreaming and out of touch and spaced out and unfocused, unmindful. And that sense of harmony gives a flow of life which is in accordance with the rhythms of life. We're in the rhythm of life and we sense it and feel it and that sense of being with the rhythm of life brings the happiness and the discourse is a skillful, practical way to really learn about ourselves recognise the importance of intention and purpose with life to see the power of mindfulness being clear, observing and sometimes it is to recognise what as a human being I need to concentrate on so the word concentration, eightfold path again. Uh, the word samadhi. Sam means coming together, and d is on a particular. And sometimes in life, you and I know, we have areas of our life. It may be through the arts and creativity. It might be concentrating on our children. It might be concentrating on study concentrating on an activity which is important to to us and that also can contribute intention, mindfulness, samadhi to happiness and therefore the path is a way of finding an alignment, a, a harmony a rhythm with the flows of life and there's something very free about it and we move freely with the life there. Yeah. It can be in the um, uh, exploration as well. Coming back to uh, 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 the mindfulness, that the intention and purpose uh, there. And in speaking of intention and of purpose here, there's nothing in the Dharma about. Some grandiose design, you know, or uh, cosmic intelligence. You know. Anyway, I won't say too much; I'll fall into some harmful speech. So, <laughs> but sometimes one has all, all, all of this, and then sometimes people ask. It's a fair enough question as well. Or what is the? Does life have a purpose? What is the purpose of life? Uh, 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 etc but this is to take in my view here um, a movement a formation a construct uh, an activity of the inner life and then put it into a metaphysic metaphysic means in some grand plan of, of, of I don't think life has any grand plan to it to, uh, I, I can't see it And uh, but for those who Uh, like the G-O-D language um, may look in that way More, uh, uh, I'm I'm more interested in the other way around, D-O-G but it's, you know anyway, (laughs) so (laughs) it it always feels more down to earth to me but anyway, everybody to their own (laughs) but sometimes let's say in the exploration uh, uh, of this rather than the metaphysic the purpose of life the big uh, there if we're a little bit more grounded a little bit more down to earth we could ask ourselves it is an important question right here what is happening in our life where is what shows the purpose in our life at the present time much more simple much more uh, uh, down to earth and And that may be in the plural purposes, not just a single purpose, uh, uh, obviously. We we really want to have some time for mindful reflection on these issues. This is where the silence gives gives in. And sometimes it's Hmm. vital for us, in our reflection, it may be vital, we let go of this, whatever it might be, in order to give more mindfulness concentration purpose interest and attention to something else period it might be necessary while here to have a look at our life and if we say to uh, ourselves the most common mantra in our society probably one of them is I am so busy uh, uh, this uh, this one it might be a very good start to if one is describing ourselves in that way to see to say to ourselves I am completely mad <laughs> <laughs> uh, to be quite honest you know I I am mad and sometimes we need to shake up the uh, inner inner life I've completely lost it I'm neurotic, I'm crazy, I am mad so if you use the word busy think of it as as, as a pathology which really needs some attention and because it's so tiring exhausting and stressful and the consequences of being busy, busy, busy the price you pay is happiness the price you pay is your health the price you pay is your peace of mind. That's what busy, busy, busy people uh, lose. That's the cost. It's not worth it. It is not worth it. And so sometimes you say, I'm very, very busy, whatever it might, might be about. And then with that expiration, in order to free up, because it's a liberation teaching, it's, it's not a, a comfort teaching, it's a liberation teaching, Uh, to ask ourselves that's where the mindfulness reflection come together and the intention what is it that I need to let go of to do less of to generate more space in order that I can see more clearly and bring more happiness and love and purpose and creativity to whatever it might be what is it that, that needs to be done less Uh, uh, there and quite often it's uh, um, not major but of course sometimes it it, it is but the sacrifice the letting go the doing without whatever that might be provides the opportunity for the release of happiness and uh, release of something and sometimes the letting go really is difficult but it's better to explore it and find the energy otherwise it happens enough as we know people work too hard do too much, put a lot of pressure on themselves and in the end either the mind or body will close down it will just refuse. It will go into exhaustion, into tiredness, into burnout, into resistance, into sickness. The the whole being will just go on strike. It can't tolerate the abuse that we put upon ourselves. What we put upon ourselves so the motivation and the intentions and the response uh, uh there and then as we saw with the good uh, discourse uh, uh, uh here in the flow of the the rhythm uh of it it goes along mindfulness with the extra intention i breathe in long breathe out intention of knowing what's going on it's not that the breath is some kind of sacred cow uh, in uh, 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 all, all of this. It's simply, <coughs> it's accessible, it's immediate, we can't live without it, uh, there, and it's a kind of reference, easy, available, obvious reference point. That's the importance of it. It doesn't require any words or any concept. <coughs> breath we need we breathe in and we breathe out the word spiritual comes from the Latin of breathing so in the of breathing, the aliveness <coughs> uh, that can come is to know if we are breathing in long, if we are breathing in short uh, etc we can experience with the breath uh, the whole of the body and all of that is reflecting the being in touch with the happiness factor so precious and important to our uh, species uh, uh, in fact the happiness will sustain life on earth that important the field of pleasure will destroy it and what is meant by that? To understand the differences between the two, when human beings, in our situation and with all the pressure that's placed upon us, end up—I think I wrote about it in one of my poems somewhere—as um, what I called beggars at the scent stores. We speak about the beggars on the street, and and. Anyone who knows anything about uh, begging or spend time with the beggars knows it's an incredibly hard job. <laughs> that they're sitting on the on the, on our city streets and towns and villages, all over the world, east and west, north and north and south, and have the need for money and uh, and support. And for every hundred rejections, there's perhaps one person drops something. And for every one person that drops something, perhaps one in twenty actually make eye contact with the beggar. Actually say some words of kindness and support and checks uh, uh, inward and feel some human warmth out of the hundreds who who wander, uh, wander by. There's not not uh, an easy way of life, and of course I know I know what some of you are thinking. Yes, there are gangs, and they bring them into the cities, and they're making money out of them. They're still begging; they still need some support, and they may some of them some of them not many of them some of them may be exploited by the gangs, etc. Yes, 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 yes. But still, there's the act of the kindness and the friendship. There's the act of the warmth, and maybe. A moment of happiness will come out of that beggar's eyes, because we've touched the person. We've made a little effort to reach, reach, reach out uh, and to share something. My grandson. On this, this is happiness between human beings. <coughs> One winter's night, was going home with his uh, mum, Sean, of my daughter, and. There was a beggar, it was cold, it was wet, the beggar was in the doorway of a shop. It was in the uh, evening time and he had his sleeping bag and his old backpack and was, uh, was begging. And the daughter to stopped to give him a little. And the little boy, six or seven years of age, didn't realise that, that beggars had nowhere to go. He didn't he didn't have a room or anywhere there, and he was going to be out uh, uh, that night. And the little boy Milan, his name, it's Sanskrit word, it means connection. So Milan said to well, to Nishana, "Why is he? Why is he like this like, there?" And she said, he, "He's a beggar, and he's got nowhere to go, and he's got no job, and there." there. And the little boy um, was shocked. He didn't realize that this was like this in this world, and started crying, uh, the beggar. And he said, Mum, we have to go home, and uh, I've got my piggy bank, my bank with my coins in, and we're going to come back, and we're going to give him all the coins that I've got. And it was apparently, it was about four pounds, that's twenty, you know, like five euro, and the little boy came back, and he gave it all to the beggar. Sometimes we, as adults, we can learn a lot from the children. We shouldn't be too superior with our kids. We can learn a lot from them. Their kindness and their generosity and it's the happiness of the giving. uh, So in the practice and the teachings there's a a distinction which is made, not absolute, obviously. So pleasure is the pursuit of of uh, through eyes, ears, nose, tongue and touch. It certainly has a place in life. You You and I might like to eat nourishing food, the the pleasure of it, and Mm. some items in life, whatever we might buy. So all the senses um, can be uh, uh, involved and some pleasure. And it genuinely, obviously has a place. And pleasure can be bought, you know, you can buy pleasure uh, in a variety of ways. It can be a compensation to fill a gap inside of oneself and therefore it's coming from a place of emptiness, not in the Buddhist sense, but emptiness or unhappiness. And to overcome it one wants some pleasure to try to reduce this unhappiness yeah. I think they call it retail therapy sad really and then but happiness is of a different order happiness comes to us it can't be bought and sometimes the small incidences of life, you know the beautiful day, the silences, the stillnesses, the friendships the the the, the lovely flower, the bird uh, on the wing, the sudden appreciation of something touching us, a precious memory in life it, it comes out of the unexpected, it comes out of the conditions of th- things, and there's happiness is genuinely very precious. It's not making a demand on life. It's not making even a demand on ourselves. And the more spacious we are with life, the more we find the rhythms of life, the more opportunity for happiness is to come. And we still have our uh, uh, pleasures. Somebody today gave me some uh, very delicious chocolate, and I will take great pleasure in due course in eating them, mindfully, I hope, as the, the time goes by, uh, etc. And there's a real place for all of that. But to know ourselves, is it exaggerated? Is one's peace of mind dependent on getting what I want? That is to give too, authority, too much authority to things in that there's a place for all of that, yes, but not um, at the cost of happiness. And, we, and in your meditations, in the four postures of the day, uh, in much which can come to us, there is the uh, uh, food queue, as uh, the uh, example, and and some people say quite honestly, Christopher, the only reason I come on a retreat is because the food is so good, <laughs> and they're willing to tolerate seven meditations a day, in the whole <laughs> because the real peak top experience of the day occurs precisely at seven thirty, twelve thirty, and five thirty. Etc., because they're there. And sometimes there's the happiness, you know, and the pleasure of the taste going toward. But sometimes there's also the happiness which comes of the kindness of the staff, all the support that they're giving us, the real care and love that's gone into preparing the food for us, and uh, much, much more. And, and to feel the happiness of the event this is lovely because it reduces demand on ourself it also reduces the demand of the other because we find happiness one might think oh it's just about me and uh, happiness uh, or me of being mindful or me and being calm or whatever there is no better person in this world to be in the company of than happy people it doesn't get better. Who on the earth wants to be in the company of an angry, stressed out, blaming, irritable, complaining, moody, who say, oh gosh, find me those people, I just love being around them. No, no, no. <laughs> Not a chance. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> happiness of the, of, the, of the being is actually a gift for the other. We're less demanding, we're less needy, we're less wanting, we're happy. And so our uh, happiness provides a service to others, it's less demanding on the resources of the world, uh, there, and it shows a rhythm and a ha- harmony. And the teachings in the second tetrad is a real uh, reminder uh, of that. But it's not denying. The dukkha that can follow and be close to the sukha. It's, yeah. it's not saying life is a wonderful experience and it's just magic and it's brilliant. Uh, their Life will come along and slap us in the face if we think it's uh, an easy event to live with and live through. It is not. And that means that sometimes, as I say, the, the dukkha the difficulties of life, do arise. We do have to face them at his uh, part of of life. If we can remember the happiness moments alone with the others, in the moment, in the situation, in the memory, in the creative idea for the future, remember the uh, happiness moments, And we feel it. We allow ourselves to feel happy. We can stop the meditation methods and techniques and the forms and all the structure, etc. Just feel the touch of the happiness. And it's important to feel it, as the Buddha's teachings here, to know it well. Because if we feel it and know it well on a daily basis, it's much easier to find. If we've forgotten it, if we're so busy, So our mind is so much employed in thinking, 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 doing, 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 it's going to be much harder to recover that happiness because actually we've virtually forgotten what it is. I read some time ago, I don't know how it is in Germany but in Britain, that Around nineteen sixty so we're talking about sixty uh, uh years ago not many of you will remember it well. <laughs> <laughs> some of us remember it far too well anyway there there on average in Britain, people laughed around twenty minutes a day laughed not laughed meant sound came out of the mouth around twenty minutes a day how these sociologists came up with these figures, please don't ask me, but that's what it, I, I read it, it was in a newspaper, it must be true. <laughs> um, there, today it's down to five minutes, it's down to five minutes. That happiness level is diminishing uh, uh, there, there, no wonder the English needed Monty Python <laughs> something can kind of cheer the population up and it's never been so depressed since Brexit I have to add <laughs> God. every time I come I have to apologise on behalf of 18 million people out of 53 million people who voted for this nightmare uh, the I was just speaking with Wolfgang earlier on and I said, oh gosh, please, I hope, I hope the English do not win the World Cup this might my <laughs> primary prayer at the moment it's <laughs> yeah, just going to feed mm-hmm. the politi- political nationalism that we're superior yeah. please, please, if they get to the final, please, please France beat England. <laughs> <laughs> I really, I mean it. You don't have to live there. I have to live in England. You know, it's this wet, cold, windy island off the coast of Europe. <laughs> yes. Uh, no wonder they call for vitamin D. <laughs> 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 if I was so short of vitamin D after twenty years plus. Without the sunlight, there, I think D should stand for death. (laughs) (laughs) Should be dead by now. Anyway, so sometimes when we look, recognizing the happiness that comes from without, humour and joy, happiness through the nature, through the friendships, many happinesses, many happinesses of our days together, recognizing, appreciating pleasure, not a denial of pleasure and the Buddha said the sarod was his favourite Indian music to play Uh, the the sight of the lotus uh, gave him a lot of uh, 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 pleasure the sangha with all its goes on brings a lot of pleasure uh, uh, etc but it's just not to exaggerate it not to make it the intention and the purpose for living is to get it in its place that's all, get it in its place so that more of the other things of life can emerge uh, for us there are times as well yeah, where in touching upon <coughs> sacrifice or uh, letting go there's a nice word in uh, uh, the Pali Vinaya monks would have 227 rules, it's called Vinaya discipline. But the V, um, Naya, it means turning away, it's a literal meaning now. V is to turn away from that which isn't supportive, that's the uh, meaning of it. So it's called sacrifice or letting go or giving up, it's turning away from that which is, isn't supportive. It's the same original meaning, in fact, with sin, which has got a whole religious Christian connotation, but it's not the original. The, the, the sin, it, it, what it originally meaning, is turning a, uh, away which is inhibiting us from realising ultimate truth, or finding God, or something in the vast of things. Uh, this is what the meaning is. So sometimes in our mindfulness, in our intention and we look at something and we just know this needs to stop, to come to an end, whatever that might be. It could be a habit, a tendency, uh, an addiction, an obsession. This really has to come to some uh, uh, end. It is not easy because we might be taking on challenging years of habit years of doing things in exactly the same uh, way and it genuinely isn't supportive and the mind can come up with all the reasons why this is like this and we can spend a fortune with the beloved psychotherapist and the analysts, and all the uh, 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 others. And we might have an incredibly clear explanation of why I have this habit and tendency. And we followed the trauma, we followed the habit, and we've conveniently put all the blame on our parents. Thank you, Mr. Freud, for that. And much more uh, beside uh, there. But it may not make any difference. We've got a very clear explanation, we know the history, we've got it all worked out and we are still stuck with the issue. It's the changing of the issue which really matters and it might require from us some quality of interest. What, uh, what is going on here? which requires some change and like a house of cards sometimes you pull, as we know, the bottom card out the whole thing collapses the clarity and the sharpness and the insight is what is it that needs some shift, some change to reduce its influence because it's an oppression It's got a background and a history to it. And sometimes the thing which makes it difficult is the clinging to pleasure. Extraordinary phenomena with us. The very thing sometimes which is causing some problem to us. That part of the reason, the thought will say, Oh, I don't want to give this up. I don't want to change this because I like it, because uh, whatever it might be. And it takes some looking at it to say, wow, but what are the costs? What are the small steps? And if we can't find a way out of a habit or an addiction or a pattern or whatever, it might require the good wisdom and the good counsel of other people. It's not a teaching you have to work out the truth for yourself. You have to work out your own salvation. You have to do it all by yourself. Uh, it's your choice. It's your responsibility. It's, this is not, not not in the Dharma teaching. No, there's no, no there not uh, that voice anywhere in in the, in the in the Dharma? And the only incident where it was referred to once in ten thousand discourses, I remember right this one. Where a person went to the Buddha and and was in great difficulty and it was difficulty in the people that he associated with and the persons that the associated with were greedy and aggressive and problematic and hateful and, and just problematic persona and they were and he said what can I do faced with having to be involved with all these people all the time. And then on that, say one, one occasion it was said, the Buddha said, if you can't get the support from others in terms of kindness and understanding and respect and friendship, he said, then you take refuge in yourself then you take refuge and that sentence unfortunately more in the west I have to say here sometimes used. oh Buddhist practice is, is all about yourself and, uh, and you have to do it all by yourself and you have to do it for yourself it is not in the teaching just one example like that. Yeah. in other words the sangha of women and men work and cooperate together we support each other we contribute to each other, we learn from each other, we give feedback to each other, we meditate together, and together we develop a culture and a climate for change. Can't expect people who've got health problems, physical, psychological, emotional, unresolved issues, things which need attention to save their well. It's Tough. Work it out yourself brutal thing to say to people well it's the other merciless, unkind one line is, well that's your choice try telling people who are unhappy and depressed it's their choice and and say well you have to get on with it it's it's, it's unkind, it's abusive speech in my view so we're here for each other, we give support to ourselves yes, but we give support to each other as well and just Coming to the point uh, with this, it may not be uh, easy sometimes to make the change, because it's not easy to find the change which will be beneficial. You know, a small example from yesterday uh, evening: a good person came and we had the inquiry uh, 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 together, and and spoke, and it's a very common voice. We know. Uh, with regard to allergies, uh, etc., and sometimes the allergies are, in this case, obviously related to a very specific food, specific sometimes, or, uh, or an element of the food. In this case, called uh, the protein uh, there. And as we mentioned and discussed with uh, uh, regard to this, those background and the history with these things can go right back right back to uh, childhood right back to uh, birth before or whatever still nevertheless there is dealing with and giving attention what is today what are the conditions which maximise the opportunity not only for physical health that's not guaranteed but at least complete peace of mind with the situation, and quite often, it's just a, an, uh, an example here. What is it that obstructs the healing and the peace of mind? And if you just take you know, one item here, and possibly one of the hardest items to chew, the liquid has a concentration of protein in it, it's called meat. If you eat meat and you've got a protein allergy, it is hopeless. If you consume dairy products like yogurt there and cheese and one wants some renewal of health and peace of mind it is hopeless because one is doing the very thing which is causing the problem and, and it's not easy to say wow I can get plenty of calcium out of plant-based diet, I can get plenty of protein out of plant-based diet, I can get plenty of fibre out of a plant-based diet, and get all what I need uh, out of it, that's more easily chewable, it's more liquid form by the time we swallow, and maybe in the absence of, all, that I, all the nutrients I need is available, and the body gets a chance to heal, and the mind is at peace. Otherwise, sometimes it's two steps forward, one step back, and the person wondered, well, why am I like this? It still hadn't cured. Of course, because we're still needing more sacrifice. And I, say, I just use it as a reference from the evening, but equally more, important, more importantly, yes, that when we give attention to an area, and it's a really pressure, and we make some change and modification, and we come out of it, and we think, that's behind me. What's the feeling going to be? Happiness. Finally, real peace of mind. Finally I'm out of that habit, out of that conditioning, out of that addiction, out of that problematic self. And the the Buddha gave three examples uh, of this, both in a kind of practical and metaphorical sense. He said, it's like somebody and some of you will uh, know this, who has been in debt, been in debt for years. Now some students, not here in Germany, but in the US and the UK, are hugely in debt. They'll be paying it off forever. They'll be paying off in the next life if the government could get them. And, uh, they, they, and the day comes when the debt is finished. You know, one is no more debt. One is free from the debt. What's the feeling? Like my 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 daughter might be saying, not that she's not here anyway. But anyway, she found herself not even her fault, nine thousand pound in debt to uh, the government um, in some allowances or whatever. The government's fault but they blamed her for not telling the government and she paid it off something like at at the rate I can't remember what it was but like £75 a month she was a single mum with four kids paid it off at £75 a month she didn't even tell me about the debt so it took ten years and two or three months ago She said to me, Dad, I had this huge debt which she never mentioned to me before. And she said, I've just paid it off. And so she received a notification. She rang social services, the housing department, which is where the problem was, and rang them up there. And the guy who told her about the debt answered the phone, he got, he got through the department, he answered the phone for 10 years. And he said, "You paid it off. He said, I never thought it would happen. <laughs> <laughs> he says, most people just do a run. <laughs> she said, yeah. And she said, it's a great feeling to be out of debt. There. I was in Nablus. The, uh, in Palestine the guy we having a meeting what to do with regard to the occupation and the guy in uh, Nablus said to me he was in uh, one of the Israeli political prisons for 27 years there uh, uh, yeah. And one, and the prisons out in the desert, I've seen one of these prisons, the out out in the desert. Yeah. And one day they came to his cell, they walked him out to the front, in the prison, in the middle of nowhere, because they don't want anybody to know where these places are, opened the main gate, said to him, you're free, and pushed him out the front door. Close the gate. Went back in. He said, "He he said I didn't know. Left, right, I didn't know what I was in the desert. Didn't know what to do." And now he's got himself back in Nablus. I said, "What's your job?" He said, "I'm the traffic policeman." (laughs) (laughs) He said, "I've been police for the last twenty-seven years." I didn't know what to do, so now I'm a policeman, and I do this. <laughs> he said, I love it. <laughs> really happy uh, man. And I noticed, my, my the family I stayed with, um, the wife, Rauda, wonderful, head of the Women's Centre, so he was working with the women dealing with traumas and death, and, stuff like that, and eight years in, in an Israeli jail. Ibrahim, wonderful, wonderful husband, kind and beautiful as a man one could meet, 16 years in an Israeli jail. And yet sometimes out of it people in the prison situation, they learn incredible negotiating skills. They learn about community, you know, prisoners sometimes make the best politicians. I think we should put all our politicians in prison for a few <laughs> years i I, I, I think they would come out much better human beings <laughs> uh, there, and there have been some great examples, you know, of course Nelson Mandela and Mahatma Gandhi and many many others uh, all over the world. so I say sometimes in a situation, it comes to a completion and like the Buddha said being in prison being being uh, uh, in debt, a lovely participant and over uh, over there, all too humanly enough. Uh, there, bicycle and an accident with the ankle, and you're seen and it's going to need some uh, good attention from uh, the doctors in uh, uh, in the days ahead. And come when it's, the healing has taken place uh, and it's complete, and the plaster. Of, Will be put on and taken off in a few weeks, etc. As the Buddha said, one has had an accident or had a sickness, and then the health is back, one is healed. What a relief! One is happy that it's complete, happy that it's finished. He said, When he was out of prison, felt so happy, released at last. One's in debt, released. So these are happinesses happiness of coming out of difficult circumstances want to be able to receive and appreciate mm-hmm. those, and sometimes and one of two of you have said this to me uh, as well there may be a difficult situation in your, in your life. the marriage fell apart you you, you lost uh, uh, the, the the job and um, and many other c- uh, circumstances and it's mm-hmm. not easy to kind of weather that not easy to deal with that sense of loss because so much of one's energy and life has been given to something but then sometimes out of that which has happened to us one door closes but then a new door opens something fresh we couldn't see it before and something new starts for us something begins to open open up and some people will say well the end of that job or that relationship or that serious sickness that I was diagnosed with, and it's still with me. But people will say, despite that, I'm really happy that it happened. It opened up new doors, new potential. I really, with, even with this cancer, and living with it on a day-to-day basis, but my goodness me, it's made me so appreciative of life, and the moment-to-moment of life, etc., but it's these happinesses, this sukha, which the Buddha speaks so much and gives so much uh, emphasis to. And the discourse keeps touching on happiness, gratitude, appreciation, uh, thankfulness. And I just want us, in the time that we are here, to really um, ensure that's part of our day here. Let's have a a quiet minute, (laughs) shall we? May all beings explore the experience of life. May all beings live mindfully. May all beings live with happiness and clarity. So the time is five minutes past five because very kindly as, she, as, she, as she's been doing for ten years, years. fifteen years now <laughs> <laughs> very kindly generously taking uh, the notes for those of you who might wish to lend an ear in the German and one to ones. And a lovely afternoon uh, there and uh, Food in about 25 minutes or so. Thank you.